Welcome to Backroom Talk. Hey, Jay. So excited to be in Backroom Talk. I know, right? Finally. The, guy that, the guy that created Backroom is in Backroom Talk. Um, but let's let's pick a little bit, if we can, on the concept of fasting. No one's asking the hard questions. It's like, well, what is what is the formal, deepest beliefs and intentions of people observing this? Okay. Well, then, you know, where does fitness come into that? And I think it's like number 12 on the list. Um, but I am curious about uh, any differences between men and women, men versus women through Ramadan. To listen to more Backroom Talk, be sure to subscribe. Learn to design personalized programs with the OPEX system of coaching by heading to opexfit.com. All right. Well, guys, welcome to another episode of Backroom Talk, and we have a very special guest here. Hey, Jay. So excited to be in Backroom Talk. I know, right? Finally. The First guy that time. The guy that created Backroom is in Backroom Talk. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know. That's very meta. Yeah, I didn't know that I created the naming of the show that I have never been on yet. Yeah, well, you mentioned the notion of backroom talk all the time oh, yeah. in education, oh, sure. and so that's where it came from. That's cool. Did you guys ever explain front room, back room? I yeah, don't. We, we did. Did we? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, in that, okay. We did that initial First, like little kickoff, yeah, right? Yeah, we did. Yep. Would you like to? So now it's, it's actually front room, back room. Front back room talk. Um, well, we we're do have the back no, room no, no. talk and we're bringing it to the front. Only some of it though, because we have some back, back, this is back room talk, but we have back, back room. So like the conversation that but we then had no one prior, would hear it. exactly. So the, oh. so we have back, back room, not for these people. And then we have uh. back room for these people. And then front room is for everyone. Right. Mm. So it's like tears. That's cool. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a pretty good tier, but what we talked about prior to hitting record, that's back, back room. So we can't okay. talk about that. Okay, cool. Sorry, guys. Yeah, but uh, the explanation is uh, uh, d the discussions you have with your clients is the front room. Um, and you take into consideration how they're going to perceive the information and how they're going to know it and understand it just so you can communicate really well. And, and back room is sometimes all the contemplative back room uh, stuff that uh, goes on in your head and you think about and discuss and yeah, you try to formulate a plan as to how to get it out to the front room. That's uh, that's what we do here. Yeah, back it room. is. That's back cool. room is where the realness occurs. The realness. Apparently, yeah. I've been missing out, and so yeah. here I am. Well, we're glad to have you, and guys, as always, uh, if you're listening on audio, please make sure you subscribe and leave us a review, and then if you're on YouTube watching this, make sure you also hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment to let us know if you enjoyed the episode, um, but I guess we got to get to that episode before you know if you enjoyed it or not, and uh, we will be talking about Ramadan. They'll like, uh, they'll like it. You guys are going to love it. James here, man. Like, yeah. This is good. Yes, we're, indeed. We're good. Do we need to even discuss anything? <laughs> just finished the <laughs> episode just, now that's it. good night everyone <laughs> no i mean guys this thing is releasing on the first day of ramadan we brought it back normally really we release episodes on wednesday we're bringing it to a monday um so that it can coincide with that first day for coaches that are working with clients through those those 30 days 30 days or 31 days how many uh depends yeah it's uh so ramadan's depends based on, on calendar yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's based on the crescent moon so it's the first sighting of the crescent moon to the last one so i think usually it's 28 to 30 days got it yep got it i just it just blew my mind that <clears throat> wonder if it's uh on um because the the lunar cycle uh for um menses is 29 mm -hmm. and a quarter days yep i wonder if it's uh, coinciding with the same kind of cosmological yeah there's considerations timings. yeah there's considerations like you know when you you look at who doesn't do ramadan right like mm -hmm. who's okay to not practice it's women that are breastfeeding the elderly someone that's sick and someone's that that's uh, menstruating actually mm -hmm. they're 
yeah, they, they're able to not do it. Oh, yeah, I was just thinking around the same timelines, but the 29 mm -hmm. and a quarter days lands right in your yeah. 28 to 30. You know? Yeah, so. yeah. And then it's all based on the, um, the Muslim calendar or the Islamic mm -hmm. calendar, mm -hmm. um, which is also, it's not like, you know, 360 days. It's, it's, uh, it depends on, you know, the moon cycles. Uh, it's, it's a range. So okay. I think it's like 350 to 360 okay. is, is how long the, which is 355 average. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might just be inherently it's... just like say, <laughs> saying ranges around what you're saying. 354 to 356. It's not 355. <laughs> well, it's playing it safe, right? Cause if it's 364, yeah. I'm, I'm right. And, uh, you're not. And I'm way off by now. <laughs> there we go. Well, guys, for those that may not be familiar with what Ramadan is, uh, James, could you give us a little bit more context uh, on what is actually going to be going on um, and what, you know, clients will be going through through that period? Uh, not really, uh, but I, I can come at it from a, uh, um, a non-Muslim yes. uh, person um, who uh, just kind of looking at it from a lens of what do people do and how does... How does fitness and lifestyle and vitality fit into that? Mm -hmm. um, so um, I will stop short with explaining exactly what's inside of it. Um, but but say that uh, there it's a it's a it's a practice of uh, um, honoring a particular uh, time period where um, you're just not going to participate uh, in liquid or food uh, for the entire sun. Um, sun's sex, appearance, sex, tobacco, okay, and, and there's other uh, things like anything that's uh, would be considered okay sinning. Right? Yep. And from my lens, again, I only see it from a, a health and vitality perspective. Of you know, uh, water is kind of important, and so is food. So what do you do when you're not gonna uh, not gonna participate in that? Um, <clears throat> and it's uh, done for a period of time, um, and it's based upon just deepest intentions of um, a sacrificing. Um, a portion of uh, your fuel for um, other um, uh, other reasons, and also uh, um, just showing that it's not necessarily um, a, a something that you have to partake in all the time. And taking these periods of times where you don't actually participate in, in uh, ingesting food is um, under in, in their belief uh, an opportunity to express you know your deepest uh, reasons for being. Um, and so people participating in that for 30 days, again, from my lens to see the best ex explanation of it is to, uh, is to try to figure out how to create, uh, balance in their vitality throughout this period of time. Um, notwithstanding, let's not forget the, the real deepest intentions as to why people are doing it. So I didn't offer an explanation as to what that is, but I'm just saying that's my input for where I sit here today for my lens and helping people get through it. So the nuts and bolts are on what is actually happening around around fasting, like what time period is is the fasting that's happening, and when are people able to ingest food and liquids? Yeah, just I think s simply it's sun up to sundown, right? Yeah, so it's like sun up, you're done. Like you you, you can't ingest anything, you can't have water, you can't have food, and then as soon as that sun goes down, then you can continue. You can you know fuel your body, um, and just culturally you, you see. That you know, I think James said it really well. Where it's like honoring their 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 deepest level of being because it is a you know a lot of in different cultures they it's it's a time for celebration, right? So um, sun up to sun down, it's like you're laying low. You know, some people still have their responsibilities that they have to do on a day to day basis. Sun goes down, and it's like 
you know, family, friends, they all get together and it's like a feast and appreciation and, and all of that. So I think the simplest way to say it would just be sun up, sun down. You're not, you're not partaking in those things. Now, where does fitness fit in? Because obviously the, the largest priority in this time is, you know, engaging in the practice of Ramadan and, uh, you know, honoring religion there. How does fitness fit into that picture? Yeah, the, uh, the cool uh, thing that I think about from uh, the Prophet Muhammad's um, journey from Mecca to, I think it was Medina, and the, you know, fitness didn't exist then. <laughs> That's, you know, like our folly around doing resistance training and do you know what I mean I, I think that's where we need to go to to start the base form discussion of like well how does fitness fit into this whole picture um and I think that uh that uh, uh people should take a real hard look as to as to wh where fitness fits in to your question today recognizing that um it really is uh, an unbelievable opportunity and a gift that we have but it could also be, in the same sentence, a real great um, opportunity for 30 days to see how fortunate we are to even have the opportunity to express ourselves physically. If you see it in that light, as opposed to like, oh, I got this 30 days now, how am I supposed to fit fitness in? How about you see it as like, well, how freaking grateful are you that you actually have the experience that was not around for like 1,400 years um, in terms of where fitness fits into that? Um, so... I think about, uh, you know, the management of that um, um, based upon, and I guess we keep laying back to that. That's why I talked to you about having this discussion and saying what I think is really important for everyone to hear is to how to, how to try to fit your deepest intentions and your beliefs um, and see where fitness fits in all around that. It's not where does fitness fit into where these beliefs are. Um, I think that's where it starts. Um, and so I'll just start with, with that as being the base support for our conversation around where fitness fits in I think it's the wrong question um, I think the question should be um, what are your fundamental deepest beliefs and how you're practicing that day to day and your deepest intentions and then um, how do you balance whatever this thing is that has not been around for a long period of time around that what I think that starts yeah it. I think there's 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 a lot of coaches listening that they're, they're tuning into this thing looking at the title and they're like I want to I want to have a little bit more insight in, into how do I and how do I work with my clients throughout this period of time, and what you're proposing is that you start with a conversation, right? And you instead of a coach saying I work with someone that's going through Ramadan, how do I fit fitness around Ramadan? What should they are you saying they should have a conversation with their clients and start to ask ask a little bit deeper questions and you know, um, yeah. challenge their clients a little bit on what they should or shouldn't be doing in yeah. fitness around this time? Like how, yeah. what would, what we're would step number one be? Yeah, we're presuming there'll be <clears throat> challenges. Um, I'm just saying that, uh, I think that is the starting point is to ask about just, you know, <clears throat> yeah. And we're jumping right into like the deepest aspect of consulting right there. But, um, I just don't want to, I just don't want to waste the time of taking the seven step approach to getting to those deepest pieces. Right. Otherwise anyone could do a show on exercise through Ramadan and, uh, and, uh, how do you like manipulate nutrition and et cetera, et cetera. And I just, no one asked, no one's asking the hard questions. It's like, well, what is, what is the formal deepest beliefs and intentions of people observing this? Okay. Well then, you know, where does fitness come into that? And I think it's like number 12 on the list, honestly. Um, so yes, I think that, you know, you want to have, coaches push the idea of saying 
you know, well, what are, what is our intentions around this and how do we be grateful for our opportunity for physical expression and how does this fit into what we're working with here for 30 days so we can actually have the best expression and observe, observance of what we're trying to do here um, for these 30 days. So yes, ask the tough questions around intentions and then, um, then you can try to figure out exactly where they're ready to move and shake and how to balance things for what we know as principles for resisting entropy and maintaining vitality and balance for, for 30 days. Yeah. Let's say, let's say you're there, right? Like, you know, coach listening, they, they have that conversation. The, the stars are aligned and they're like, okay, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. What would you propose X, Y, and Z be? Um, you know, obviously it, X, Y, and Z has to be personalized yeah. and it has to fit in with their intentions and so on and so forth. But what are some principles around someone not eating from sun up to sundown for 30 days and what are they doing in their exercise program, resistance training, energy systems training? Like, what are some principles yeah. around that? Yeah, you're, so you're asking me to be very generalized in my answer, and uh, I appreciate that challenge. Uh, and it's tough for me to answer it that way. It's a complex answer, but you have to take it in the context with principle. So first, you want to figure out what this person's experience is with this whole thing. Because um, experience will largely dictate the, the positives and negatives they had with going through this in the past. Uh, what is their training age and history? All the principles we know about assessment and figuring out exactly where they sit in this whole thing, right? And that largely dictates, okay, well, what is the effect of exercise going to have on you? So someone comes in, great, you know, blood sugar balance and great muscle coordination, uh, great pacing capability, great maturity, great cognitive function. I mean, what are we talking about here? We're just manipulating a few variables. Someone comes in, brand new to exercise, thinks that broadcasting, commercialization, commodity of exercise is the, the big thing, thinks that intensity is the answer, is not really having a good balance of lifestyle, doesn't eat cleanly, and now what are we doing to this period of time? I can tell you what not to do. <laughs> you, don't, you don't do intense activity. Um, you don't do uh, cortisol dumping um, high-intensity group classes. That's what you don't do. Um, you don't do... Um, oh, I haven't exercised for a while, so I'm just going to go out and run 10K and see exactly how I can, if that can motivate me to, to kind of get going again. That's what you don't do. Um, then what do you come back to what you do do in general principles? Um, it should, should be slow resistance training and easy aerobic work um, because both of those on a physiological basis with the preempting of experience um, are not going to cause the most damaging dose response that requires hydration or fuel acutely. Um, and so you need to say, well, what are the things that they can practice in the day if they can during those times um, that are going to be uh, capable? If they can't practice exercise, or maybe you can give me some idea on, on the allowances for practices of physical expression during the day, um, then you have to say, well, where am I going to uh, meet them where they're at, but also take into consideration that they are going to be, um, in a very reductionist terms, dehydrated and low on fuel. If that is the case, you got to say, well, what physical expression will not take away resources from people, which is an electrical expression and anything that can be sustained for a long period of time. So then if you're like, well, I don't even know if they can practice both of those, then that's up to you to design a training program that gives them good electrical stimulation and sustainable work for as long as possible. And then that can be done, in my opinion, quite frequently and quite a lot. And when you go a middle zone, which is just random shit or, you know, incorrect design, not treating someone where they're at, et cetera, then you're going to pay the price of admission, which is blood sugar mismanagement, uh, possible, you know, cases that could cause some serious issues for people and health complications. 
What's the intention of that resistance? Or in the worst case scenario, sorry, mm. in the worst case scenario, a dependency upon like, um, you know, the sun goes down and you're going to fucking go for it for 90 minutes. And now you're at a complete, you know, deplete, depleted state. Um, but you got your, you got your kick on and now you're going to create some kind of a, a deprivation of fuel. You're going to result in sleep disruption. I mean, it's just going to cause this nasty uh, duct tape scenario for 30 days. <coughs> so intention of the resistance and aerobic training that's happening in this month long period. Uh, and obviously this has to be set up in conversation with the client, like you were discussing earlier, James, but is the coach um, when they sit down to program thinking about like, how can I get this person stronger? How can I push their aerobic progression? Or is the intention of the program to have them move and enjoy fitness every day? Yeah, that uh, it goes back to the training age and experience you got from the assessment. Yeah, uh, because you have to take into consideration what what experience do they have, because then you can figure out what their actual movement and adaptation will occur in 30 days. So if someone is, you know, brand new, then by all means, you can like push to improve things in 30 days because still the dose response in resistance and easy aerobic work is going to result in some improvements. So you're actually intentionally trying to, you know, improve it, but it's indirectly uh, adapting anyways because of, you know, what they're capable of expressing. Um, and then you take someone else with lots of experience. No, you're basically just, you know, uh, keeping things steady for 30 days and maintaining some of those physical fitness characteristics. Um, yeah, and I, I don't want to move it off into that area, but you know, offline or another time, we could talk about that because there are some really interesting nuanced stories of scenarios in which things have to be maintained during 30 days. And I, th I find that really interesting. And there's some, there's some uh, research on that performance during Ramadan as well as nutritional um, changes during Ramadan. And I, th I find that fairly interesting, not to sidetrack it, but that's when it's really important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think in uh, regards to that. the World Cup was uh, going on during Ramadan. At one point. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it's also important to think about what is their Ramadan experience age as well, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, because you do have, you know, you have people that, you know, they, they do their first Ramadan when they're 35 years old, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe they've been training for 20 years. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, having the ability to have a conversation and talk about, you know, how has Ramadan felt the last decade is super important for people to understand. And it's it's easier to connect what they can, cannot do, what they should, should not do if they've experienced that, you know, for 10 or 20 years. But if someone's jumping in, they're like, I've actually never done this before. Yeah. Like I've, I've fasted, you know, one day, uh, I've fasted one day out of 30 before, but I've never gone 30 straight days and fasted throughout the day. Um, I think that's also important to understand, like what are people's experiences in Ramadan, you know, uh, separate from fitness as well. Yeah. And I think the, um, uh, to keep going on that point there, um, I love that idea of the, what do we call it? It's not, it's not uh, sport age, but if Ramadan was a sport, you got to know the sport age. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But it's the experience of the practice mm -hmm. of it. Um, but let's let's pick a little bit, if we can, on the concept of fasting. So the truest definition of fasting um, would be 72 hours of no uh, macronutrients, but it does include water or anything that's not going to add in terms of macronutrients or any kilocalories, let's say. So it's actually not true fasting. It's just an observed fasting when the sun's up. Because uh, correct me if I'm do if I'm wrong, but there is uh, meal consumption that does occur um, in the uh, when the sun goes down. Oh yeah, for Therefore, for for a lot of people, it's yeah. two thousand plus calories. Yeah, like so, sitting down, and it's like so it that in. I think is interesting, right? Like how do you uh, splice that? How do you uh, maybe change sleep wake time scenarios? Um, how do you dose? Uh, you know, correct kind of quote unquote training, and then 
um, you know, the classic primal um, recovery from said training, you know, uh, primal meaning like you got to hunt for your food and you give up all your resources and now you're given food and the sun is down. That's great. But now you got to sleep because you got to sleep because you need, you know, 30 more days of this. So I find that window fairly interesting mm -hmm. um, in, in conversation. I'm not sure if we want to go there to talk about some of the nuances around that to kind of give people exposure to resistance, exposure to aerobic work, but also get in the right amount of nutrition, let's say, in totality because they still can, prior to sun the next morning, also have some calories also. So I guess it's, it's probably trying to fit that into a window that allows this, uh, I guess, what we're going to call it, a... Uh, 12 hour opportunity for exercise, both resistance and aerobic work and possibly three dosings mm -hmm. of meals that is going to give this. them in that small window. Yep. Right. And that's not a huge window really no. for all of that. So, so let's just get to that point that it's, it's really not true fasting. It's fasting for an observed period. Let's call it a, you know, intermittent fasting yep. um, uh, for where the person is. And it's more or less like a, an opportunity of 30 days of just moving variables and trying to fit that in. And it's know? also interesting to think about where you are in the world, right? So if you're somewhere where the sun is up for 18 mm. hours a day versus, you know, six right. hours a day, right? You have to think about those things Gosh. as well. So you think about that. You also think about culturally what's happening, right? So mm. if you live in Scottsdale, Arizona, um, and you have a job, right? You're probably doing different things than someone in the Middle East is doing where the entire town community just completely shuts down during Ramadan. So mm -hmm. it's like, what are my responsibilities with work vocation, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, what does that look like versus how long is the sun up where I'm at? Um, just thinking about those things are, are really important when you start to organize that, that plan and that schedule as well. And I've, gosh, I've worked with dozens of, uh, of people that observe uh, Ramadan and coaching and just the nuanced differences between where someone is in the world, uh, what they do for work, how many how many hours the sun is up per day, just completely changed it. So you right. couldn't just like have this like this is my Ramadan template and I'm going to attach this to everyone because it was so different, right? Um, you know, some people it was like they wanted to exercise, right? It was just something, but they were like, I'm I'm good with whatever you give me. I just want to still move and and I don't want to not do anything for 30 days in terms of exercise. So it's like. Do we do that coming out of uh, coming out of fasting? Do we do that going into fasting? Do we do that after the largest meal? Do we do that? You know what I mean? So you start mm -hmm. to think about what kind of exercise they're doing based on where they're putting that exercise at inside of their day. Because trying to give someone, um, you know, uh, even if it's slow resistance and slow aerobic work uh, after they've been fasting for 13, 14 hours and they're just not used to it you might be setting them up for failure. So understanding where to put those things and like James saying, how can you work within that window is really important. How do you make that decision for different individuals on where exercise fits on when, you know, bolus eating is happening? Is it something that, you know, they've had experience with in the past and you're going to be able to work through, or is it like, you know, brand new person, never done it before those 30 days, like you're going to have to adjust and change things as they uh, give you feedback. Yeah, I think, uh, I'll go first. I think it's, um, you, you just have to experiment with that single person, right? You know, you know what type of exercise you're giving them and what type of exercise you're not going to give them, but it's just an experimentation, right? Where it's like, Hey, you know, this is the first week of Ramadan. I have this plan, right? Um, what's always worked the best for me is to give exercise, um, going into the fast that that's always worked really well. 
because the exercise is not intense, they don't need to like replenish sugars, nothing like they feel good after that. And they're just like, they're just using that as an opportunity to go throughout their day. Right. And then they go into, you know, sun goes down, they replenish, they eat X amount of calories. They have probably two meals is probably the most, most people can even fit in. And then they're to get like a, an adequate amount of sleep. Then they wake up right before the sun comes out, they have another meal, right. Or they train and then have that meal post-workout and then they go into that fast. Um, but I found the most success actually, you know, uh, waking up, hitting some exercise, getting a meal in, and then just going throughout your day or waking up, um, getting a meal in exercising. If you can get that in before the, uh, that first meal in before the sun comes up, um, and then going throughout your day. But I found, uh, it's been brutal, uh, in my experience, trying to give people exercise in any way coming out of a fast or at the tail end of a fast, just because there's no, they haven't drank water for 12 hours. Mm -hmm. That's, that's just very challenging. Yeah. But that may be one of the things you first start with perhaps in, in the prescription. Um, and I think to add to that, just keep thinking about, you know, what the intentions are of the exercise. Um, and you're not trying to win anything for 30 days. That's the, that's what we got to keep remembering. And you're not trying to lose fat for 30 days. That's an, you know, of course we're going to seep into all those things that people think are the intentions around exercise. That's why I said it goes back to like, just remember why you're doing this entire thing. Um, and be fortunate that you can actually just do physical expression. Um, and that should lead in every session. So thereby maybe some principles could be hydration first and foremost, when the sun goes down, that's something you probably want to knock on right away. Simply because whether you want to do electrical occurrence or sustainable activity, it's probably important to have that acute hydration just go north, right? If we were to do any variables, a measurement for serum or anything like that, we want that to go north. Um, if that was to have, you know, let's, we can get nitty gritty with kind of water. Uh, I would just say it has to be some form of electrolytes that are going to be inside of that, whether it's naturally occurring or um, you can actually dose that, that would be really appropriate and just based upon the current Let's assume they're in a Middle East setting um, for uh, what that would be more than 12 hours mm -hmm. of sunshine. Um, and then uh, I, I would say that uh, I would have no qualms about getting some form of nutrition in right at that period of time post hydration um, as soon as the sun goes down um, and then applying some form of physical expression right after that um, and then getting another dosing of, uh, of nutrition prior to bedtime. Um, and then if needed the same thing in the morning time. Um, but, uh, that would probably be just a, would be a, another nuanced case where if someone needs to do another form of exercise session, um, if they're going to be doing doubles, then yeah, I would apply that pre, you know, pre fasting scenario where they have some fuel. I just think that the, the concept of going into exercise, people are like, oh, but I heard if you're going to eat before you exercise, it's not going to be as fat burning. And again, my, my whole point is like, why are you even considering fat burning, right? Like, again, it goes back to intentions and just be happy that you can do physical expression over these 30 days and try to figure out a way that uh, you can keep your nutrition up and uh, maintain that physical activity. Yeah. And that's where the, you know, we talk about just trying to maintain resisting entropy, keeping mental acuity and allowing yourself to express the special aspect of this observance. Yeah. I think uh, for a non-Muslim coach who's working with a client through Ramadan uh, and maybe hasn't had experience here yet, uh, looking at this period and the fasting that's occurring, it may be very easy to conflate the experiences of something like intermittent fasting or fasting for 
diet purposes mm-hmm. with the experience of the fast that's happening during Ramadan, but they're very different intentions and, and different things that are happening. And whereas someone might be doing IF for fat loss or acuity reasons, that's certainly not why someone is engaging in the practice of Ramadan. Yeah. Yeah. I, as you were just saying that, I also keep thinking about um, the individuals that don't experience let's call it quality practices of good cognition and good, uh, you know, food practices day to day regardless. And now they're going to be dealt with this blow of not having a a sugar drip um, that they normally do have in their waking hours and occurrence, right? So that's a big shift for a whole ton of people, um, which is the main reason why we are hesitant against fasting for a lot of individuals is because they haven't earned the right through day-to-day practice of blood sugar management to even think about some form of fasting. So although it's this really fancy new, apparently uh, fancy method of just this simple dip deprivation of calories over a number of days, I think it's a health disaster for a whole, you know, I would even suffice to say 90% of the entire population uh, doesn't earn the right to be able to do that. So I think about those things in terms of just keep, because you mentioned coaching, of individuals now that may not have experience with it, or sorry, the coach doesn't have experience with it, take that into consideration. Ask these questions like, you know, would I just normally give this person a fast? And if you're like an adamant no, based upon the principles that you know, then you're going to have to get all your ducks in a row to make sure that they're going to be able to uh, maintain blood sugar balance throughout. And now it gets into, I think, a nuanced, fairly interesting nuanced conversation of what kind of total cows and kind of cows you give this person to maintain like a, a balanced level of blood sugar management for 30 days, because otherwise they're going to be in a massive shitstorm of an up and down, um, with a big suffering going on during sun hours, and then they're going to be parting like a rock star in the in the uh, dark hours, and uh, that's that's unsustainable. Yeah, and they may come out the other end okay, but it's going to be very challenging. Yeah, a couple common themes that I've gotten in coaching people through this at the end is. Uh, I feel a lot better, right? I feel really good, right? That's one. It's like I feel good. My digestion feels really good. Uh, I feel on throughout the day. My rhythm feels really good. And secondarily, it's also I want to continue to do this. Like there's, I've heard that so many times, right? It's like, yeah, I, I kind of want to extend it another, you know, two weeks or month because I'm feeling really good. Um, what are some... Those are people Just, getting the benefits of the blood sugar management from either the total cal changes mm-hmm. or the macro style changes. Yep. So they're getting the you know the classic uh, fasting benefits of maintaining blood sugar balance. So I was gonna, my question, I was just going to loft that up to you and, and yeah. ask you what why are people why yeah. why would we hear that from people? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not I'm not uh, saying <coughs> that it's happening with the people that you work with on it, but it's probably because of the, the the magician that you are in like manufacturing a good design for nutrition for them, but. Uh, those individuals are just not doing a good job day to day of maintaining blood sugar balance. Mm-hmm. So whether that's you know aversions through food, the wrong kind of foods, it's the um, you know it's just a list of things that we can go through. But uh, just think about that, right? That people are taking food away through the waking hours, and they're feeling better. Like just as a <laughs> the naturalist that I am, just says that makes absolutely no sense, mm-hmm. right? where we're supposed to be digesting foods based upon resources we pull from the planet during the day that gives us energy that allows us to do the things we want to do. And you're saying, I'm taking that away and you feel better. That's not uh, an opportunity for us to jump all over that practice. Mm-hmm. That's you know, for us you know to go, the... what is happening when you're not fasting? Yep. And then it goes back to trying to figure out how to individualize 
what we call in principle uh, cognition as being the highest order principle in why people should be fueling themselves. So a common theme that I would always see is they just calm the fuck down throughout the day. Yeah. That was it, right? Yeah. They were like, it had nothing to do with the food. Yeah. It was like, what does your day now look oh, like? Oh, so it relative? forced a parasympathetic yeah, they, response. Yeah, they so just, just calm down throughout oh, the day. Okay, got it. They're like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it easy throughout the day. Mm. You know, work is a lot lower. Stress is a lot lower. Mm. Um, I'm going for walks throughout the day to take my mind off of food. You know what I mean? Just like little things like that. It's like, yeah, I think you're just, you're just going, you're, you're going through your day to day with a lot less stress. That's good insight. You know? So yeah. that's, well, that could be, that could be something you could jump on. Yeah. Right. Yeah, to yeah. say like, well, what is this telling us? Right. Maybe we need to, um, you know, change up behaviors, change up thought patterns, change up how you're setting your day up. Um, you know, what is these things that you're doing day to day? That's not providing you purpose in life. That's giving you energy as opposed to pulling energy from you, et cetera. So, um, I think that's great insight to help, uh, for coaches who get in that position. Let's not forget that it possibly could be the lifestyle issue yeah, with the yeah, cognition yeah, yeah. changes that you still want to you want to touch on. Would you adjust macros based on where someone is prior to going into Ramadan for Ramadan specifically? Uh, I think it. Uh, I think it's a. Uh, it's a. It's a. It's a. It's a thing that will happen. I, I would say. Um, I don't know about you. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, and I'd be the same. I'm probably into the dozens of people that I work with for that. I didn't. I didn't actually think about a macronutrient change in totality um i was more around the lines of like let's just manage the thing as best as possible and i don't have any math on it but i would say that there was a net loss in total cows over let's call it a 30 period 30 days um, as opposed to like a separate 30 days and a separate 30 days prior and i think that naturally happened just because of the window in digestibility sun being down cortisol manipulation satiety levels are different activity does change so those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, I think it was very, very few times where I actually did little manipulations in macronutrients. I think it was probably, I think indirectly some big dogs coaches were coaching some people that wanted to compete during this period of time or do competition. And we were trying to like figure out a way of maintain blood sugar balance, um, while still having to do some hard activity. But I think that's the odd case. Yeah. Uh, I've tried it a few times and failed. Um, it always ended up being too much. Um, so that net loss, I always saw like a 20 to... Or you tried to maintain. Tried to... Try to I would still decrease. Maintain. I would decrease calories because it's just... You're eating 3,500 calories. You're not. You're just not oh, you going to get to that in. Oh, you tried to manipulate it. Try to manipulate it down like 25, 30% and was still way too much. Yeah. So I just went away from the prescription of macros mm. at all um, just because all of my prescriptions were too high, mm. right? And I didn't want to undershoot either, right? If someone's like, they're like, hey, like I'm actually hungry and I have two hours left, you know, before I'm at my, at my you know, stop point before I go to bed. Um, so I think it's just a feel it out type thing, right? It's like, don't overdo it, uh, which I think is, is, uh, is very common, right? Um, just as an aside, I did like a quick, like YouTube search of like uh, Ramadan and fitness, like, I just wanted to see what people were talking about. And it was all how to uh, imp increase muscle mass during Ramadan, how to lose fat during Ramadan, how to, uh, you know, the, the, it was all it was all around the stuff yeah. that you would think it would yeah, be, right? Of course. So that's, that, that's what was all on, on YouTube, right? So that was just like a quick, that was five minutes before uh, we jumped on this. I was like, what, what are people talking about around this? So that shit's out there and people are looking at that. They're looking for that stuff. So I think it's really important to think about not how do we 
uh, perfect or maximize or do anything like that. But it's like, how do we fit fitness in with Ramadan? Not how do we fit Ramadan around our fitness and our goals, right? Aesthetically. So I think that's the first thing that we need to think about and talk and talk to clients about. Um, but people are out there, right? Like the, the big dogs clients that James is talking about where it's like, Hey, you know, I'm coming off competition. I'm getting ready to compete. I need to maintain because I have this competition. Now that we said like, Hey, these are like the things to think about and don't put fitness first. What about people that are putting, like, they're like, I'm not putting fitness first during this time, but day 31, I gotta, I gotta get ready to compete again. Right. Or I gotta get ready to step on stage again or do this thing, whatever the heck that is. What are some strategies to think about during this 30, these 30 days to not maximize James, but, um, lower, lower the chances of you losing, losing your gains, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah, throughout for, this time. If it matters to them. If it matters to them. Yeah. It's a, um, I try to make it simple by saying, uh, I'm trying to look at their level of resilience overall and get some form of assessment as to, um, you know, uh, really how they can handle stress, how they're going to put up with stress, how they're going to adapt to this new changing environment. Um, and I'm going to use that as a kind of an idea before I start to try to manipulate any things. So let's put in two two scenarios, very low resilient individual individual that showed a whole bunch of fuckery basically coming into this period of time. Mm-hmm. And you're now going to be like trying to figure out how to maintain or keep performance high during this period of time. Um, you're probably going to be doing a whole lot more pulling back and trying to figure out how to keep things in place. You got the other person who's really high resilient. You're pretty much putting the gas pedal on and trying to figure out because they will overcome and adapt based upon any changes that are going to occur, even if you got to change up macronutrients. And that's where you're doing like the, where the minutes matter, right? It's like, okay, as soon as the sun goes, you're just waiting for it to like the drop over to the horizon. It's like <laughs> electrolytes, BCAAs. You know, but you're being like super, super tight on that um, for those individuals. And then, you know, I don't think it's anything more than just keeping the gas pedal on based upon what they can fit in and just, you know, praying indirectly uh, the whole time for 30 days that they're going to survive during it. And in some cases they do. And they'll, you'll get reports, like you said, even on the performance area where they're like, oh, you know, I saw these gains and this is what I was capable of. And it was a great learning for them because they saw that they overcame some of these things, you know, based upon that. So I would say look at the assessment of some form of resilience prior to, um, let's just use it in terms of putting the gas pedal down. Um, and if you got any gut instinct where you're like, they haven't shown real good signs of resilience, I would find ways of like really being tight on management of mm-hmm. performance variables uh, because you're probably not going to make a, much of an adaptation or, or keep things humming. Outside As it should of be. You know, if people haven't earned the right through good practices prior to this, um, they don't earn, they haven't earned the right to, uh, to go mad. Yeah. Putting, so, putting physiology aside, yeah. what are some other opportunities to, um, increase characteristics or whatever it whatever it could be um during this time with with your client where it's like physiology aside it's like we don't give a shit about that what are where are some where are some uh some obvious things what are some obvious things that stick out to you where it's like oh we can use this time to do this oh um you mean like um psychological could things be. or yeah, cognitive yeah. variables yeah. things like that um i don't know i think the it's it's a wide open plate based upon each person. Mm-hmm. Um, I could just use some examples where um, there was an opportunity to learn uh, more. Um, so with some dedicated time and uh, allowances, uh, they were able to dig into some particular areas of interest that they wouldn't have had time otherwise to do. Um, so that could be this said the same for 
um, really, like, I, I remember, um, and it, I, this is where I, you know, have a deeper empathetic understanding and tried to go down that road of understanding people's intentions based upon this. I had a couple of clients who I asked them to really dig deeper into this overall deepest purpose, right? The biggest purpose behind all this of the big Muslim beliefs and the five pillars and the fuel history and things like that. And so I've, I took a journey with those two clients along this period of time to learn myself, but also allow them an opportunity to dig deeper into this, this practice. And they came out the other side definitely more grateful around how physical fitness fits into this whole scheme. So I don't think it, it, seem, <laughs> it seemed like a, uh, um, you know, I'd have a magical answer to that, but it's nothing more than uh, just trying to be context dependent for each person mm -hmm. and saying like, what are the things that I think you could really take some time and dedicate to? And I just give you a couple there of learning about some specific things and then also the opportunity to dig into um, the deepest reasons behind this uh, subservience. Yeah, the, the big takeaway there, though, is that there are other things outside of, yeah. <laughs> outside of like, yeah. you know, physical adaptation. Yeah, you're moving this into the, in a really feel-good scenario. Yeah, of, yeah, no, it's, I think it's it important. Does. Yeah, I it think is it's important. important man. It a, I, a, shouldn't be, I shouldn't be making fun of it, but yeah, <laughs> it, uh, it, uh, it matters. It does matter, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of things that matter more. Um, yeah, things like family and things like taking contemplation to think about uh, your entire purpose, um, thinking about uh, what kind of impact... Um, are, are, are you attempting to make? Um, wh what is your uh, belief in contribution? Um, do you think you know everything? Do you think that you're still on the road to not knowing things? Um, are you willing to take 30 days of uh, sacrificing some time away from a vocation or, or other uh, things? Um, th uh, that'll give you uh, just some eye-opening experiences. Are you willing to do that? So yeah, th I think it does matter. There's other things that matter matter a lot. I don't know how to follow that up. Uh, you mean uh, just the conversation on some of those really important things? It's pretty Let's important. Let's keep it going. Well, I mean, we can we can keep it going. I find it. Uh, um, yeah, I, I just find the whole concept around it, the the research into it, Ramadan itself. Um, I'm uh, really super interested in um, culture and belief um, and uh, how people pick up these tools along the way for th tens of thousands of years um, that we use as a base support to come up with how we live our lives and what we express and and uh, I think Ramadan is an unbelievable interesting n equals one where we can tie in fitness and people's beliefs and practices of culture mm -hmm. and day to day um, and I think it'll uh, it, you come out on the other side with with my hope which is an appreciation for fitness um, and that's maybe where we can finish or we can continue on that note, which is just gratitude, you know, that we got to have so much gratitude around our opportunity for physical expression. And if we use that going into this period of time, i.e. in your words, Ramadan before fitness, um, I think we'll all come out on the other side a whole lot better and build a repertoire of skills that will allow coaches and people over time to approach this thing with a new light, which is like, you know, aren't you really grateful that uh, you're capable of doing physical expression and how does that fit into these periods of times where we can do it as opposed to treating fitness, you know, just bitch slapping it, right? And saying, oh, how, you know, how, how can I, how can I lose fat during this period of time? Like how, how lower order is that in terms of a concept, you know, around this uh, important period for a lot of people. So um, maybe we can keep it on that note. 
I do have one more question I want to ask, if that's okay. Oh, for sure. Sorry, I, was, I wasn't trying to end up there. We'll no, it was, a, it was a strong, it was a very it strong, like it, you know? strong okay. moment. We'll, we'll come back there. Okay. Um, but I am curious about uh, any differences between men and women um, and coaching men versus women through Ramadan. Yeah, I don't have, uh, I don't have any experience uh, with theme. Uh, I do CCP coaches, uh, actually, uh, only through experience and conversation, forum topics and, and approaches to that. But uh, I don't have any particular experience. Uh, um, I'm just going Rolodex now of experiences through that um, that I would be able to add to say any, any massive differences. I, I have like an N equals six, six or seven females. Um, and versus my N equals 25 to 30 mm -hmm. males, um, the females are usually more resilient throughout Ramadan and coming out of Ramadan. Um, and it's less of a, yeah, it's, without saying. yeah it's, it's, a, it's less of a, uh, it's less of a nuance in terms of like coming out of it. They're just like, it's day 31. Let's say it goes 30. They're like, yeah, I'm fucking good. Everything's fine. I feel good with males. It's like, okay, like I need a week. I need a week to get my life together. Right. Um, so it's not N equals a lot, but just, just the ones that I've worked with, I've noticed that the females come out of it a little bit quicker than the males have by out of it. I mean like back to like homeostasis. They're yeah. just like, yeah, I, I didn't go too far away from uh, my baseline throughout that that 30 days yeah i think some of the biological things you can you know if you were to color it just with biology and not with uh belief and background um and even training experience and etc uh you may want to think about the uh, uh neuromuscular efficiency or the capability of a female expressing a really high electrical component um and the frequency of that right the maybe why the males at the end you know just are exhausted is that all those attempts at a real high electrical component with a high nervous system uh, capability, as well as higher loads over time, absolutely, um, would result in just CNS fatigue if the total resources coming in are not as high, meaning net cals are down for mm -hmm. most people, either men or women. So that's something to take into consideration. Um, and I think along those same lines, um, I think there's something about um, uh, females in terms of uh, uh, pacing, and I, I need to really explain that in a much more detail, but an opportunity for knowledge around an internal intrinsic awareness of pacing that I think is on a, you know, is just embedded a lot more appropriately that uh, I think may come to serve them really well in a period of time that a coach can take going into that. Uh, meaning the, the odd case, you take 10,000 females, 10,000 males, and I'm going to give a really much more higher percentage of females that have this intrinsic awareness of pacing over there, whether that's a neuromuscular efficiency, an inability, high CNS recruitment, et cetera. I don't think it doesn't really matter, but there's something about that. So you can take that into consideration, I think, if I was to offer any, any like, biological uh, framework on top of it. Oh, and I'll yeah. add, the women always wanted to do more. More fasting? No, After no, no. or more exercise? More exercise. Yeah, more exercise. which does make sense based upon my, my previous points. Yeah, more yeah. exercise, more fitness. Just yeah. able to tolerate more volume. Yeah. Did, or, you, or, did you give or them more? Or? Um, gosh, that would be a case-by-case -case basis. But um, yeah, some sometimes yeah, sometimes no. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if any of the uh, – well, something we can keep re 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 researching because I know that's – where some of the studies of Ramadan and physicality are missing is a female tone to it. Um, it's, <laughs> it's blatantly obvious in a whole ton of physiology research for a long period of time, but this is one area that doesn't have a lot of that. So I would just, 
uh, uh, suppose or, or um, posit that it probably is some kind of a hormonal underpinning that has a big part to play with that for uh, what they're what they're capable of in mm -hmm. fuel uh, fuel substrate utilization uh, activity uh, with changes in total calories um, you know cortisol drives being different um, neural drive and anabolic drive are obviously if it's not obvious a lot of people are highly connected so I think that may have a part to play yeah. in what they were requesting not just the biological footprint we we're talking about probably the nervous system and a hormonal regulation underneath that that allows you know higher opportunity for expression of those really challenging things I think to get super nuanced to be interesting to see um, changes in uh, uh, menses and uh, rhythms of different cycles throughout that period of time yeah, yep. and how training would change based upon that because mm -hmm. uh, as mentioned substrate utilization mood and uh, capabilities for training um, does change in that yep. period you know so that would be a very nuanced pretty interesting conversation yeah, which need does need some research. It's tough to do it, but uh, it does need some research on that, or more research. I yeah, suppose. all the papers I read are 15, 15 year old plus males. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they, they yeah. did have like a decent amount of non athletic um, population, so that's yeah, it's a good start for sure, for sure. Guys, any final thoughts you'd like to leave coaches who are working with clients through Ramadan, or maybe individuals who are uh, going to be observing Ramadan with? Related to fitness. Yeah, I'd, I'd recap a couple points that, that James hit on. Um, yeah, just understand what your intentions are. Why are you doing Ramadan? Um, put Ramadan first, not fitness first, at least for this 30 days or uh, 28 days, 28 to 30 days. Um, 29 and a quarter. Yeah. And uh, be okay with doing less of everything. You're doing less in life. You're doing less eating. You're doing, um, you know, less fitness. Um, don't do less sleeping though. Yeah. Yeah. The sleeping one is not, was one that we didn't really, really discuss of the same with macro cows. Yeah. There's probably a deficit over 30 days mm -hmm. that I've observed too, that yeah. is taken into consideration. So again, that does go back to the resilience thing, right? You got to say, well, how resilient are you? And can you do a minus one hour net for 30 days? And a lot of people can't handle that, but it is going to be a reality mm -hmm. for all ton of people. So that's interesting. I wouldn't, I wouldn't add anything uh, besides uh, what Carl said for, uh, the gratitude of being capable of uh, physically expressing, uh, seeing where fitness fits into the entire thing. Um, and hopefully coaches listening in or those who listen to us can kind of see uh, that, uh, you know, uh, physical expression is in the center and uh, it's, uh, it's belief blind, it's color blind, it's gender blind. Um, and it, there's always room for niggling on our, our, you know, importance that we place upon you know, how grateful we have to be for being able to physically express. And this is another example of how those things uh, will always be there. Well, James, it was awesome to have you here for yeah, uh, backroom talk. Truly front room talking backroom <laughs> or talking front room. We're, we're talking, we're talking back. So there's a new, we have to, we have to make this official, but there's now a back back room and then there's a back room. This is the back room. Mm. The back back room is just for us. Back back room. Yeah, yeah. Back back. Back, back, back. Back room, back room. Yep. Back, 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 back room. As always, guys, please make sure you subscribe, leave us a review on audio, and leave us a comment on YouTube. We do appreciate it. And then I would just add, um, if you guys have a lot of experience, more experience than us, um, teach us some things, right? Like throw some throw some comments here. Um, let's have yeah. some conversation around uh, your experiences and maybe some things that we missed or maybe some things that we didn't think of. 